Welcome to season three of the Get Out of Teaching podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diakos. In each episode of this season, I'll be coaching a teacher around one aspect of their move out of education. You'll have the privilege of listening in on the powerful coaching conversations that move people closer to a life they love. So come along for the ride as we get out of teaching. Episode nine. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. And I'm very pleased to have with me today Anne, who has just completed uh, the online transferable skills assessment. And now we're going to unpack that and um, and talk about what she's gleaned from that, the information that she got from the assessment and to see where that might take her next. So um, welcome to the show and thanks for being willing to let everyone be a fly on the wall for this conversation, Anne. Thank you. No worries. Okay, so um, tell us what you discovered from the from the the assessment. So I've sent you a, a link to an an online assessment, and you've had a chance to complete that and 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 sort of go through the the steps that they ask you to go through. So what what's mm-hmm. your takeaway from that? What did you glean from that? Um, um, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. It was like, um, well, let me just. I don't know if you can still see me. Can you still see me? Oh, I've got just your picture. That's fine. All right. So real quick, I'll just pull up the the screenshot that I have of it. But um, I thought it was interesting that I had, I was, I thought creativity or would be my highest, but my highest was um, analytical. And I was, it was interesting to just see kind of what was um, things that I scored highest on. I, I, didn't necessarily expect um and then I was just interested to see although creative was high um it was interesting to see when I was reading about the jobs that some of the skills I'm like okay we definitely I don't know I'm like I almost feel like it's (laughs) I feel like there's got to be more to this right but a lot of the skills needed for the jobs that I found interesting were skills that I'm like the, I could do that in my sleep. So like right. the three jobs I ended up choosing were um, a curator, a graphic designer, or a set and exhibit designer. Okay. Um, so. All right. So so um, that's really interesting because I, I feel like we're um, – We've got a lot of similarities. I, I started out thinking I would become a graphic designer until I did some work experience at my cousin's um, graphic design firm and hated it with a vengeance because <laughs> it was just clicking the mouse all day, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of mouse clicking and it just wasn't, it didn't sort of, I felt like it didn't, there wasn't a lot of creativity involved as it turned out. But I'm, I'm interested because of what you said about being more analytical. I wonder if that's a sort of strength set that you've had to leverage in order to work as a teacher, but it's not actually your core, like what you love. What do you get yeah, from that? It makes sense. I mean, it's definitely something, it's definitely a skill you need because when you come into I mean, everything about education is, is analyzing, right. And Mm -hmm. you are constantly reading faces and analyzing how kids are um, receiving what you're saying Mm -hmm. or, you know, receiving your redirects or receive, you know, any kind of feedback you're, you're giving, you're also analyzing 
you're analyzing how people's behavior seems to be, you know, impacting things. And, um, I mean, it, it makes sense that, I guess it makes sense that that's pretty high up. I do. My background is, um, my educational background, my, my undergrad is psychology. So I guess I shouldn't be that surprised, but I feel I've, I've felt like I've so far removed from that and that I was surprised to see it, uh, as high up as it was. And I guess in retrospect, it makes sense for, for, for a teacher Mm. to have high analytical skills. Yeah. And does it kind of, I mean, is there an emotion around that for you that that's high for you? Um, I guess it's, it just surprised me because it, it was, I felt like, um, <clears throat> I guess I felt a little bit trapped in terms of like create creatively at work. And, um, I just thought that would be like, you know, when I took the survey, that would be like, that would be like the huge one, like the payout, the money one. Right. And then when I saw it, it was like, you know, um, organizational and analytical I was like well that is boring (laughs) boring math teachers scoring boring math teachers stuff um but it's it makes me think about those skills in a broader range too like you know a a museum curator I wouldn't think would be very analytical but it came up as a job Mm. um and that it sounds really exciting you know so okay yeah, so I, I, I mean, I've noticed that in with other people that 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 kind of thing happens where they'll score really high on something that just is not exciting for them at all, and you feel like it's boring. Um, but it also shows what a broad skill set you have because you've obviously still got that creativity side of you, um, but you've also been able to uh, build up a, a, a skill set in that analytical organizational side which then makes you far more appealing because you're able to, you know, multi sort of, I guess you've got a multifaceted skill set now where you, you can bring creativity, which is your kind of heart language, if you like, um, but then you've also got this other skill set that you've developed over time out of necessity, even though it might not be your thing. It's kind of you've had to. And, and I, I know that even, you know, right back from when I first started teaching, that there were skills I'd had to develop early on just to just to function and survive as a teacher and then but they weren't the thing that was kind of lighting me up every day but I still had to do it um so okay so you've got these three curator graphic designer and set and exhibit um creator I guess like a so this is like for theater or for maybe for museums or what 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 do you think the context of that one is I felt like it was uh it was kind of broad um, so yeah, it could be, uh, I was, it was even thinking about my, like thinking about it myself and like, I wonder if this could be like storyboarding or in a, in a small way, something like that, where you're kind of like a set designer on like a, like a movie, or it could be like a, an exhibit, like a museum. Mm. Um, I, I'm thinking something like that, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I, think I did, I did right. read up about it. You know, when it had, it was, it was, um, the description was very like open-ended. It was more like, you know, yeah, this is a job title that could be in a lot of different technically technical fields, same, same story, different 
you know, environments. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm even thinking as you're saying that something like, you know, when you go to a conference and they've got all the 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 stands set up and they've got plants in the corner and they've got a jar of lollies and they've got, you know, I don't know, tea and coffee and all that kind of stuff. Someone has curated that environment to to be a welcoming environment or to be to have some kind of mood attached to it. So I can see that 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 could also be that job. It might not be kind of glamorous, but hey, that'd be a whole whole thing, wouldn't it? Just setting up exhibitions and and trade yes. shows and that kind of thing. Somebody must do that. I never thought about it either, actually, as a job. But I guess someone has to do it. Um, so, okay. So when, when we talk about these three options that, that have come up from that survey, um, and these were the ones that you, you obviously picked, like there would have been other choices, but these are the ones that you thought were going to be the, the best fit. Um, out of those three, curated graphic design and the set and exhibit curator, what sort of gets you excited? Um, I, I think the one I found most exciting was curator, just curator in general, like, um, because there's that, cause I, I, I still like, I'm a natural, I'm a natural teacher. I'm always like teaching even before I was a professional teacher. Um, and I'm a storyteller. So I, I like to, yeah, it seems like it's kind of, uh, really up my, my alley, but I, I worry about like, does that mean I have to be an expert in some particular field or um, I don't know. But then at the same time, I became an expert in middle school math when I wasn't. Yeah. Um, so and, and I don't know. In education, like it's, you know, you are an expert. It, what we need to, to do is help you to show the value that you bring to if you're going to work for somebody else. Or if you're going to create something of your own where then you maybe you work as a contractor to other people who are, you know, setting up exhibits and things like that <clears throat> or who are in a museum or, I don't know, there's like hundreds of contexts where that could be a job, aren't there? Yeah, it, yeah. it definitely has. Um, and it said that the job, because um, it, you know, it gave the little details about what um what to expect in the field and said that the field is growing which i kind of believe just because you know post covid i'm sure there'll be a boom of you know exhibits opening up again and and yeah. things like that so and i think too like i know here in australia everyone's scrambling to create experiences for the local community because international travels still, um, you know, sort of hasn't really um, come back online properly and our government's talking about pushing it out until like 2023 or something before we can have full-blown international travel again. So I know there are people here curating experiences for local travellers who don't need to leave the country in order to, you know, do something cool. Like I've been to the the La Brea Tar Pits in, in L.A., which is very cool. Um, and that's like a, this whole kind of museum, but it's on site. So you go around to the different sections of it and they've got like, you know, a little show with a saber-toothed tiger. It was so much fun. My daughter was really mad because she wanted to see the Hollywood sign and we took her to see that instead. But for me as a kind of a bit of a ancient history geek, I loved it. 
Um, so I think those kinds of experiences are going to become more popular as, you know, as we want to still do cool stuff but maybe don't want to travel overseas and take those risks of um, of the pandemic. So when you think about that, like did you get a chance to actually do a bit of a Google search and see if there are any jobs in those fields? I, I didn't um, research too heavily. I just kind of played around with a little bit. Um... And I just kind of looked at, I really actually mostly researched a lot of places around me that had exhibits and I didn't even know some things existed. Um, But I was just kind of like looking around just to see like what, you know, besides, you know, an art museum, what else is there? Um, Mm. Just because I, I do like, I do like the, uh, like, remember when you were saying like the the para teaching roles in terms of their, they're still educational, but they're not like a traditional teacher in a classroom. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. And I was just looking into, you know, what kind of curators do that? What kind of curators are kind of active with their, you know, they may be a part of their exhibit or they may be with it or they may help it move along. So I did, I did that. I didn't necessarily research too much but um right so you're talking about things like running a tour of a, of a, an exhibit or explaining something you know to the audience that kind of thing yeah yeah some kind of exactly something where you're where you get to share your passion for whatever it is you know and or share the history of something and yes. I, I luck out because I'm <clears throat> close to Boston and stuff there's a lot of there's a lot, there's a lot more than I even realized, um, places around and a lot of history and things like that. So. Awesome. Okay. So what do you think the next step is then given that you've now you've got this broad skill set of both creativity and these organizational analytical, um, skills, you've, you've found three potential jobs, one of which is really kind of getting you excited. What do you think the next step needs to be? Um, I think I need to do a little bit more research on like, what does it mean to be in that position and what do you need for that? I don't, it's hard to, it's sometimes hard to tell what skills are like necessary for a job and what skills, um, you know, how do I put this? like what skills you can have, like this is obviously transferable skills, right? So a lot of them in the write-up, it said a lot of like how your skills would transfer over to this position. Yeah. But then I wonder like, do I need to have something else? Is there, you know, any other level of expertise or can I walk in and learn it? Like I learned, you know, middle school math curriculum, you know, I'm not, I guess, um, yeah, so I guess it would depend a little bit on what, which area you went into. Like if you went into museum curatorship, there's bound to be some kind of short course for that, I would imagine. Um, I remember doing a short course in like art, curating art exhibitions and writing the curatorial plaques for art exhibitions back, you know, years ago before I even started teaching. Um, so there's definitely little things you can do along the way. I guess what we want to find out, though, is any of that going to translate quickly into another job, which is kind of what what would be the the next logical step is how much 
extra study do you need to take on before you can move into something new? Um, and I guess the best way to find that out is to start asking people, <laughs> start asking questions. So I'm going to give you some homework. Um, and I know you're, you're still teaching and busy and it's nighttime there and you've had a big day, um, as a, like as every teacher has. Uh, but yeah. I think it will be really helpful um, to pick out, say, I'm going to say 20, knowing that that's possibly a high benchmark, um, 20 places and see if you can find on LinkedIn or um, uh, through, you know, just a bit of basic research who you would need to speak to and take them out for coffee. Who do I need to speak to about this role and and maybe have some questions like, how did you get into this role? If someone, uh, a young graduate was coming in, what would they need? What if there was someone more experienced? What would they need to bring to the to the you know to the party sort of thing to um, to take on a role in this in this place and and what what are the highlights maybe and what are the the bits that, the challenges of this job and then maybe ask some a question like like what's a day in the life of a, a museum curator or a exhibition curator or a you know I'm trying to think of other options though <laughs> I'm struggling here. But you know, people who curate spaces, they 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 have days. Like, what's that day look like for them? Like, I, I've been to co-working spaces where there's someone there curating an experience for the people coming in, and they would have guest speakers and all those kinds of things, and you know, provide lunch and all the rest. And someone made that experience happen. So that's a that's a curatorial role of sorts. So so what are the what's the scope of this role? And then also, if I wanted to do it, what would be a nice environment? And if you talk to 20 people, especially if you got to go and meet them at their workplace, I know this is a big task, especially when you're working full-time, but, you know, you're you're a bright, sparkly, <laughs> particularly today, covered in <laughs> glitter. <laughs> um, you know, like you've got the capacity, I think, to have those conversations and be brave enough to have them. Imagine what you could learn if you spoke to 20 people in this industry. Yeah, that would be. I'm, I wish I talked to 20 people before I started this job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no comment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of teachers uh, feel the same way, <laughs> that they wish they'd had a little bit more information about what it actually entailed. You almost need to do work experience before you do your, your course, don't you, with education? Um, I actually did, but I was in year 10 at high school and there was a big gap between doing that and becoming a teacher, so I think that it changed a lot over time. Um, so what's your takeaway from our conversation now? Um, I would say that it would just be to to, to research and to get the dialogue flowing about what what is what is this job going to be like in the in the real world versus what it's like on paper yeah. and see what that and see if that's going to mesh with what what I'm envisioning for the future mm. awesome. would be the big 
the big takeaway. Yeah. Cause it's, it's easy to say that's gonna, that's gonna be awesome. And then it could be, it, it could be, you know, not a good mix. And then you'd be down this rabbit hole again, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Research. So after that call ended, uh, Annie and I spoke for a little bit longer and uh, she's going to go off and try and make contact with uh, six people in that industry, in that curation industry, uh, to see if she can sit down and have a coffee with them. So actually go to their workplace, um, try and meet with them, ask them some questions about uh, what their job looks like from day to day and to see what skill set she would need to bring into a role like that and what qualifications, if any, that she needs to pursue in order to be able to work in that field. Uh, This is still an investigative uh, process for Annie and, you know, it's just the very beginning of the whole process where maybe uh, she'll decide it's not her thing but there's only one place to begin and that's just putting one step, one foot in front of the other and doing the research that's required so that she's really sure that if she's going to change out of education and into something new, that she actually uh, is pretty certain that that's a good decision. And I guess the only way to really find out is to try it, but in the meantime, she can make an informed, uh, you know, decision about it. And I guess the other thing I wanted to say is if you would like to have a conversation like that where we unpack the results of the transferable skills assessment, you can find the booking link to a transferable skills assessment and the um, conversation that follows it. It's on my website at larksom.com.au and just uh, click on that link and it'll take you to the booking link for a transferable skills assessment and uh, we can have a conversation afterwards. And that's a paid service, so um, there's a, it explains it when you, when you click on the link about how to, to uh, make a payment for that. Uh, and I think we'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for watching and listening. Take care. Bye. If this is the kind of conversation you'd like to have, here are some ways we can make that happen. You can connect with me via my website, larksong.com.au or join the Get Out of Teaching Facebook group or send me a message. You don't need to stay stuck in a job that makes you miserable. I offer a free 10-minute triage call to people who are ready to explore possibilities for the future. So let's have a chat. You've been listening to the Get Out of Teaching podcast. Please share it with your teacher buddies and for show notes and other resources, visit larksong.com.au forward slash podcast.